Hi everyone, my name is Irvin. I'm John. And I'm Kyle. And this is The Theology Podcast. So in this week, we're looking at the last character in this Royal Priests series, and that's the character of Jesus, also known as the Christ. But the very interesting thing is, you know, we often think of the word Christ as a name, like as if it's his surname, Jesus Christ born to Mr. and Mrs. Christ. But the Christ is a title. It means the anointed one, the special one, the chosen one. And in the opening chapter of the Gospel of Mark, we see how he portrays Jesus as this special character coming to make things right in this world, coming to unite the roles of king and priest. And he will be the true royal priest in the Gospel of Mark. So the moment of Jesus' anointing, the moment where he puts on the crown and puts on the ephod is his baptism. And we can find that in chapter 1 of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 and 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open. And guess what? The Spirit descending on him like a dove. So this is the guy. And a voice came out from heaven and said, You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So in this passage, we see how the voice of Yahweh comes out of heaven and proclaims that Jesus is his son, number one. Number two, whom I love. And number three, whom he is well pleased with. And what Yahweh is doing here is he is blending three different moments in Old Testament history, three important moments into one and saying that Jesus is the culmination of these three very important moments. The first one is, you are my son. And that calls back to Psalm chapter 2. This is the psalm that says, why do the nations rage against Yahweh and his anointed one? And later on, he says in verse 7, you are my son. He describes him as a king in verse 6. And he also describes him as a king who would bring all the nations to him in verse 8. It seems like his role is to bring others into his kingdom. This is something very priestly actually. And so that's the background to the part where he says, you are my son. And so I'm going to ask my friends and colleagues, Kyle and John, what do you guys see from the other two passages? What is Yahweh telling us about Jesus? Yeah, so when we see the word beloved son, there's actually only really one other instance in the entire Hebrew Bible where God calls someone beloved son, and that is used for Abraham's son, Isaac. That's the story where God tells Abraham, I want you to go up on a mountain and I want you to take your only son, your beloved son, and offer him as a sacrifice. We are meant to see this relationship between Jesus and his life and that whole story of Abraham offering Isaac on the altar. We know that Abraham does bring Isaac up on the mountain, binds him, lays him on the altar, but then doesn't actually have to kill him in the end. There's a ram that appears because the Lord stops Abraham from killing his son and offers a ram as a substitute, as a sacrifice. So when we put these stories together, we see that on one hand, Jesus is the son who gets 
offered up on the altar, bound as a sacrifice. But unlike the story of Abraham, but this time, there is no substitute. The son is bound on the altar and becomes the true sacrifice. Yeah, and so the last part where Yahweh speaks from the heavens and says, in whom I'm well pleased or with whom I'm well pleased, that calls back to the prophet Isaiah, specifically from Isaiah chapter 42, where God is talking about his servant who is going to do his bidding, his anointed servant with whom he's well pleased because he's obedient, he does what God calls him to do. In the context of Isaiah, it kind of represents, first of all, the fact that the kingdom of Israel was not obedient. They had gone after other gods. And so as a result, God is looking for the obedient one, the faithful one, the one that will do his will, that will accomplish his will. And actually in Isaiah, the the one that does that for him is the outsider, uh, somebody else who comes in and fulfills God's will for his people. And in that connection back to Jesus, identifies Jesus as the ultimate servant, the one who is completely obedient, the one who does everything perfectly according to God's will, even to the point of offering himself as a sacrifice unto death. So if I can just reflect a bit, what I'm hearing from you guys is when we look at Jesus and we see this proclamation of Yahweh on Jesus at his baptism, we're reasoning three things. One is that he's royal. He's meant to have high status, but somehow he is also meant to suffer. And that's, that seems really strange. And then he doesn't get off the hook. He, he suffers and goes all the way through. And that, that seems to be a very strange combination, especially if we start with thinking that he's a king. Yeah, it does sound really strange. So how does this impact us today, knowing that the one that we follow is a king, but he's a king that suffers. He's a king that becomes the substitute sacrifice for sins that he did not commit. What does this tell us about the person of Jesus? And what does that tell us about who we are called to become? Yeah, the first thing that I think of is that most of the writings of Paul encapsulate that perfectly. Like he does a great job of describing that in Romans chapter six, in Galatians chapter three. And he touches on all three aspects of this, of you know not only Jesus's obedience, Jesus's sacrifice and Jesus's sonship, but he points that to us and he says, yeah, we have this inheritance as well. We have the opportunity to join with him in our baptism and we get the same kind of anointing and we get the same privilege to go through all of these things if we are obedient, if we fulfill the same types of things that the servant who is Jesus does. This makes me think of maybe a general trend in Christianity where maybe there are people coming to faith who think, you know, I'm going to believe in Jesus and he's going to give me all this good stuff. He's going to give me a good life and I can basically sit back and relax and God's going to take care of me. No worries in this life. Whereas, well, if we really are sons and daughters imbued with this responsibility, then It is our privilege and our honor to take up that responsibility and image Christ to the world and live in a way that is charitable, a way that is compassionate, a way that may lead us to uncomfortable places, to interact with the least of these, to offer water to the thirsty and food to the hungry. Perhaps that is what true Christian privilege means and what it looks like then to take up responsibility. So in the coming week, may we go forth and may we take up the crowns that Jesus has left for us so that we may rule together with him forever and ever. And may we also take up the linen ephod that he puts on on himself, mediating between God and humanity and humanity and God.
That's all we have for this week on the Theology Podcast. We're going to be taking an extended break. We want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening in for this first season and we'll be back in August for season two. Yeah, we appreciate so much all the feedback that we've gotten so far and we're excited about the new topics that we're going to be talking about in the next season. Thank you and see you next time. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>